You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. We appreciate the Lord for the privilege that we have. And like we have prayed, God is working on your story. Amen. And your day is coming in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. If this one doesn't come quickly, then the one with the Lamb of God, the one with our Master, the one with our Lord and Savior will come. And all of us will be there by the mercy of God in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. This is one of those days that I will tell you truthfully that I really don't know what it is the Lord wants to do, but I trust he will do something. For me, um, for some days now, if you're a Nigerian, then you would also be able to identify with my feelings. I've been heavily, heavily burdened by the things that are going on in our country. And um, if I had my way and I could control God, but you know no one controls God. Our prayer is, our Father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my will, his will be done. But if I had my way, he would just do things immediately. Praise the Lord. But he is God and he does as he wills and we keep worshiping him because we know that his thoughts for us are always what? Thoughts of good and never, never of evil. Praise the Lord. So on a day like this, we have a beautiful thing going on. We have Johnson and Onyinye coming together, and we are all witnesses to that. And just maybe a word or two to the couple and for any one of us here who is here in this relationship of marriage or are getting into it. You know, the Bible says, and the two shall become one flesh. Praise the Lord. Very powerful and significant statement, and the two shall become one flesh. And like Momichi already prayed, he said, they will be naked and not ashamed, okay? And now, what is the power of two becoming one flesh? The Bible also lets us understand in Proverbs, sorry, Ecclesiastes 4.9, you can put that on the screen. It says, two are better than one. But this morning, the Lord showed me and said, when the Bible says two are better than one, he said, because. I'm sure you know that it's better to have well, it's not a good thing, but to have one flat tire than to have two flat tires, isn't it? So two are not always better than one. It depends on what two. Praise the Lord. Yes, it's not every two that are better than one. Two good heads are better than one, but two bad heads. That one is migraine. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, but the Bible here says two are better than one. It says why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. But if you give us the NLT translation, please, uh, it says something there. It says NLT. Do we have NLT? Thank you. Let's read it together, everybody. It says two people are better off than one. Why? It says because they can help each other what? Succeed. So the reason two are better than one is what? Because they will help each other to succeed. So it's not automatic that two are better than one. That's just the point I want us to make. And some persons maybe watching online here may have the same experience. That your life in your marriage or whatever relationship or business partnership may not be looking that rosy. And you were wishing you were all alone. But this morning God is showing us something here. He says what makes two better than one is because when those two come together, you know what they do? Each of them takes up one agenda. You know, before you were single, Johnson, as a regulable man, I know the time, you eat what you want to eat, you do what you want to do, isn't it? Onye, you did what you wanted to do at the time you wanted to do it. Now, if you wanted that life to continue, you shouldn't have done what you've done. Now you have canceled all of that. From now if you want to be happy, Johnson, you know what you do? Make Onyinye happy. Praise the Lord. Marriage is the time, once you get married, you sign off the right to your happiness to your spouse. If you don't want to do that, don't marry. Because those of us who are married, experience will tell you, no matter how hard you try, 
if your spouse is not happy, you can't be happy. That's why we are selling most alcohol in Nigeria. That's why we are selling most, you know, champagnes and all of that. Because a lot of people leave their spouses dissatisfied, their homes in chaos, and they go out to find happiness. They can only get high. But you know the thing about high, they say what goes up must what? Uh, you get high, you still drop down again. Praise the Lord. Onyine, from this day, you want to be happy. I'm just giving you a quick advice before I get into the sermon. You see this man here? Just make him happy. Why? He says two are better than one. Why? They help each other to what? Succeed. Help him in his business. Help him with your parents. Your, that's his in-laws now. Help him with his friends. Help him with the things he doesn't know how to do. Help him with the things he's confused about. As you do that, what is going to happen is that your coming together will be better than your being single. But if you come together with a mind to build a kingdom, go and ask Queen Vashti. The Bible says the king threw a party, six months party. Now, I don't know who would not find accommodation in such a party. But right in the middle of that six months party, Vashti also decided to throw her party. You all know the story. That was the last season she spent in the palace. Because you cannot be having a party in the party. Praise the Lord. Marriage is a party. You come together. You become one. You decide that. And, and that is why it's by choice. That's why the man sits down and the woman comes in. There have been cases. It hasn't happened here. Praise God. But there have been cases where the man comes. We don't see the woman. Am I right? And there are cases where the woman comes and you don't see the man to show that he's not compelled. I think that's one of the reasons why they come from different places on that day. But when you make up your mind now and make that willing choice, it says, do you take, it says, I do. That means you're done. Praise God. You will continue to do. Johnson, are you getting what I'm saying? And you will not marry her according to the way your father married your mother. You will marry her according to the Bible you presented. He says, husbands do what? Love your wives as what? As my papa loved my mama. Is that what the Bible says? As what? Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? He didn't give his money. He gave himself. That means he gave the, the uh, pin. He gave the, uh, what's the other one they call hardware. That's token. How many of us use token? Uh-huh. You like that? Praise the Lord. <laughs> he, he gave... He gave everything, everything to the extent of himself. Praise the Lord. Now, but what is the danger of giving yourself to, every, giving everything you have to someone who submits to you? So the Bible says, wives, do what? Submit what? To your own husbands as unto the Lord. So you see, it's the win-win if we get it right. But where the challenge is, is where two come together and somebody wants to be one. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. We're going to see Johnson looking more handsome. Praise the Lord. Because Onye will take care of him. And we're going to see Onye looking prettier and prettier by the day. Because Johnson will love her in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And just quickly, this is the pattern that we have with the Trinity. You know, it's amazing the, the relationship amongst the Trinity. Okay. If we had the time, I would have taken us through that. John 3.35, quickly. The Bible says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. The Father loves the Son and has given all things. Now, you see, everything God asks of us as his creation, and especially his redeemed people, there are not things he has never done. Everything God will ask you to do, he has already done. In the marriage relationship, I refer to the marriage between us and Christ, which is what we are actually looking forward to. The truth is this, as we live on earth, some persons either by reason of rapture or by reason of passing you know, on before the time, we may never experience this type of marriage. But the one that we are sure is the one, you know this marriage, you say, till death do us part. But there is a marriage that death will never do us part. It will be forever and ever and ever and ever. And that is what? The marriage of the Lamb. And say, I will not miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not miss it. So the pattern is the same thing that we have between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is the Son talking about the Father. He says, the Father loves the Son and has what? Giving all things. Can you see the relationship? 
The Father gives all things. In fact, sometimes you read the Bible. How many of us have come and wondered who is actually greater amongst them? Have you thought about that? Now you begin to read the Bible and you see that the Father is exalting the Son. The Son is exalting the Father. The Father is honoring the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is lifting up the Son. Amongst them, everybody is busy, occupied, satisfying and honoring and lifting up the other person. Now that is the beauty and that is why they are one. Now, if you're in any relationship, be it marriage, be it a family, be it business, and you decide that in this business, I will not be selfish. You see, the simple word love, one of the things you know love is not, is what? Love is never selfish. And God is what? Love. So God is not selfish. Now, if you learn that for those who are not yet married also, one of the keys to finding a spouse easily one of the reasons why some of us are having issues in this area is that we are too wise for ourselves. Praise the Lord. We are too smart. We are too self-organized. You know, we are too together that there is no provision for other, another person. Now, for a vessel to be filled, there has to be vacancy. Praise the Lord. Many years ago, um, uh, my wife was counseling a lady, a, young, a couple. The lady was complaining that the husband never does anything. Okay, but we observed this family. We spent a few days with them. And we observed that in this house, if the light bulb burns, this girl will climb up and change it. If visitors come from the airport with big suitcases, this girl will go and carry the suitcases. If gas finishes, this girl will leave the gas and go and change it. If the car spoils, the girl will go and fix the car. So my wife said to her, if you're doing all these things, which one do you want the man to do? Praise the Lord. Is someone getting what I'm saying? So there has to be room. Anyway, so talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John 5.30, let's see what it says. Now, this is what the Son says. The Son says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. What does it say? It says, and my judgment is righteous. Why? Because I do not seek my own will. But who? But the will of the one who sent me. It can imagine a wife who stays with her friends. You know, and, and they still do something. He said, no, I can't buy the Ashebi. I have to ask my husband. Amen. I can't buy the shoe and bag. Why? Because I can of my own self what? Do nothing. Only that which my husband approves, that will I do. And let's be saying amen. This is Jesus. Now, now, you see, the, the problem is this. We, we think too much of ourselves. You know, whenever we hear submission, women struggle with submission because they imagine that submission makes you less than you are. Now, if Jesus, the King of Kings, what do you call him? King of what? Lord of what? Prince of what? The very God of the, the first and the last, the amen and all of that. If he can say amongst his, he doesn't have mates though, but if he can say amongst his, uh, his, uh, uh, what, what? his subjects, I can of myself do nothing. What is the big deal staying amongst your friends and telling them, I can't do anything, no? Let me ask my hobby. Or let me ask my yoga. Praise the Lord. That's the word of deliverance for somebody here today. It says, but I, I do not seek my own will. But what? The will of the Father who sent me. That's what it is. Independence has caused us problems. Sometimes, don't you know Nigeria would have been better under colonial rule? We would have been much better. This independence with God, that's not, that's the, maybe that's the type of independence, you know. So, so it makes that. And John 6, 38, quickly also. He puts it there again, John 6, 38. He says, I've come down from heaven, not to what? Do my own will, but what? The will of him who sent me. So, you visit your parents or your in-laws or you know, any of that. And they say, do this, do this. You know men, you know women, you know all of that. Tell them, you didn't come here to divide. When I got into this relationship, we became one. There are no longer two of us. Praise the Lord. We have what? Become one. You see, that understanding is what makes the Trinity so powerful. Now, look how quickly what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 12. Matthew 12. 31, Matthew 12, 31. It says, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the spirit word will not be forgiven men. 32. 
He says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man. Who is speaking here? The Son of Man is speaking. He says, anyone who speaks a word against me, that's him, the Son of Man. He says, it will be forgiven him. But if you speak against the Holy Spirit, what's he saying? He said, it will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come. Who is saying this? It's the Son that is saying it. Praise the Lord. So the same way you can go to your in-laws and tell, if you want to please insult me, but don't insult my husband. The day you insult my husband, you people will not see me here. Do you know what that marriage will be like? The same way you tell your parents, you know they say mother-in-law, father-in-law, wahala. When they have this understanding, let them know that this marriage, I've married him. If you want to complain, complain about me. Leave him or her out of the matter. That's what the son did. He said, you can insult me, I will forgive you. But if you insult my, the Holy Spirit, I will make sure. You know the Bible says, Jesus is ever, ever lives to make intercession. So while he's interceding that son be forgiven, he's interceding that son, what? They insulted the Holy Ghost. They will not go free. They insulted the Holy Ghost. That, that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. But that is the level of relationship. See another one he says in John 16, 5 to 7. Very important. You know. John 16, 5. He says, but now I give away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? 6. 6 says, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now look at 7. Let's read together. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that what? I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. He's saying, he's better than me. Let me go. If I go and he comes, what? You will enjoy. That's what he said. If you go read further, he says, he will bring to your remembrance all things. He will tell you all things. He will teach you truth. He will help you. This is the son who have, they have given all things into his hand. Talking about the Holy Spirit. That is the key, secret to successful relationship. If you will not have a relationship like this, don't get in. And if you're already in, well, better learn it. Pray that the Lord will magnify your spouse in your eyes. Some of us that have already looked at our spouses and are foolish and are stupid and are crazy and all of that, we'll just pray that you'll be more stupid and more crazy and more foolish so that however stupid they become, they're exalted in your eyes. Because when you do that, the scripture that says two are better than one because will begin to work for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, quickly, um, 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. We, we have the account of a family there. The family of Eli. I, I, I want to read, but it's a bit long, so I don't know what to do. Okay, let me just read and run through quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 2 from verse 12. Verse 12 says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat. For roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you but raw. And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires, he would then answer him, No, but you must give it none, and if not, I'll take it by force. Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhor the offering of the Lord. Verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child, wearing a linen effort. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli will bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that, has, that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. 22. Now Eli was very old and he had everything his sons did to all Israel. 
and how they live with the women who are assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. Know my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. 26. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. Let, let me stop here and just, you know, try and do a summary. The, the account we have before us is an account that tells us of a time in Israel's history where Eli was the high priest or the chief priest. And Eli had a son who, uh, the, the priesthood was hereditary. So if a man was a high priest, automatically his children were learning to take over. And Eli had his sons who were not good at all. In fact, verse 12 says, Eli's sons were what? Corrupt. Now, you can see that corruption didn't start in Nigeria. Praise the Lord. It didn't start in Nigeria. And then he added another thing there. He says, and they did not know the Lord. So the consequence of not knowing the Lord is what? Is corruption. That is why also as a people, don't be too impatient with the corrupt people. The people you and I should concern ourselves about are those who ought to know the Lord and are still corrupt. If somebody doesn't know the Lord, he's going to be subject to his earthly and fleshly desires. He's under the control of Satan. Praise the Lord. He's going to live in fear. He has to steal enough money to fly air ambulance in case he's sick. But if you know the Lord, you know that what? With his stripes, you're healed. He keeps you on a different pedestal. Praise the Lord. Okay? So, they didn't know the Lord. That, but look at verse 13, what verse 13 says. Even though they didn't know the Lord, they were still priests. So, we talk about square, square peg in round holes. They were too wrong for the job. Do we have people not qualified for the jobs they're doing in Nigeria? Do we have people not fit to occupy some positions? We see it here. The Bible told us they were corrupt. They didn't know the Lord. What a place for them to be found as priests. If they knew the Lord and had a bit of problems and they were priests, we can understand. But they didn't know the Lord and they were standing as priests over God's people. What it meant was that they had people, the children of Israel, who were coming to them, you know, for intercessions and for mediation, who knew God better than them. Are we in such a situation as a country? I want you to see that there is nothing new under the sun. Corrupt, did not know the Lord, did not qualify for the offices they're occupying, did not get the basic training, and then they're in the offices. What you expect from there is calamity. What you expect from there is, you see, mediocrity is dangerous. It's because we don't interpret it well. In some areas, we can't imagine them, but we've, ex we've seen them. We've seen doctors, quack doctors, you know, who treat people, and after their treatment, they become blind or deaf or forget all kinds of things. This is what it causes. We've seen pilots. There was a pilot recently. I don't know if you read the story. I think it's somewhere in India who cr crashed the plane and then when they were investigating they found out that he didn't really qualify as a pilot you know i don't know how he got to fly but this is the natural outcome of this process you don't know what you should do and then you're occupying that office so maybe one of the prayers we should be praying for nigeria is let every person what who is not fit for the office they're occupying be ejected in the name of jesus christ Praise the Lord. Even if the person is your brother or my brother, let him be ejected. You don't want your brother that you love or your father that you love to fly a plane when he's not qualified to be a pilot. And you're inside that plane. Nobody wants that. Do we think it's less, you know, dangerous in other areas? It affects every other area. Okay. So the result of this was that the Bible said the sin of the young man, verse 17, was very great before the Lord. For men, now in verse 17 abhorred the offering of the Lord, it began to affect worship generally. Now, when the wrong persons are in authority, when the wrong persons are in power, it affects everything. It affects the mood of the nation. That's why the Bible says, when the righteous are in authority, the people do what? Rejoice. When the wicked are there, the people mourn. 
That's what we are finding in Nigeria. Now, the, the point I want us to take from this quick account with the time we have is that as wicked and as bad as this situation was, you don't see God intervening immediately. And that should be a source of concern to you. For those of us that have said, I've prayed for Nigeria and I'm tired of praying. How many have said that? I know you're not here. But how many are growing weary of praying? Because the more you're praying, is as though things are getting worse. We see what the Lord did. First thing the Lord did was, in verse 22, he sent message and made Eli know, Eli, this is what your children are doing. He heard everything his sons were doing. God was expecting as he hears, he would change. This is what is happening, in case you didn't know. Now, that is what they're doing for us as a country. Transparency International, you know, all of them are telling us things are bad, things are bad, but our people are not hearing. Praise the Lord. Because, you see, the truth is this. Repentance is the shortest cut for things getting better. Imagine if we wake up one morning and the people in our leadership have repented and say, I've done evil. From now, we know we'll do better things. Won't we be happy? We, nobody's really looking for anybody's downfall. But anyway, Eli, this is Eli's response. He said to his sons, verse 23, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. 24 says, No, my sons, it's not good. It's not a good report. What I'm hearing, you make the lost people to transgress. He went on to say to them, This thing you're doing is against the Lord. If you are doing it against a man, we can even pray for you. But the Bible said in that later part of 25, it says what? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father. Why? Let's read the last part, everybody. Because the Lord had one desire to kill them. You see, uh, uh, there's a saying, I don't know how to translate it in English. They said the grasshopper that a train killed is what? Is death. Yes. You see? And then, then they said that the people whom the gods want to destroy, what do they first do? They first drive them mad. When you find yourself being headstrong to correction, refusing to change, it may just be that a divine sentence has been passed. He said, nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father. You're watching, you're listening, and you're not taking advice. You're not listening to cancer. They're saying, stop this, don't do this, or do this, do this, do this, and you're not hearing it. Peradventure, the sentence has already been passed, but grace will meet you today in the name of Jesus. Because this is what he said, and in the Old Testament, when the Bible says God is killing somebody, or you know, somebody dies as punishment, it's not talking about physical death because everybody in the Old Testament died. It's talking about eternal condemnation. And that's what we see here because not just that they died, God later sent a word to the father and said to him, listen, your whole generation, I will cut them off. The priesthood I will, receive, I will remove from you. Why? Because I'm going to punish, there will be an eternal record of this that, that showing that this is how I deal with people who dishonor me. It's here that he told them, those who honor me, I will honor. Okay? So he, he made that statement and the people will not change. And this is one thing I want to beg anyone listening to me. Are there areas in your life where the word is coming to you? Where God is touching you? Where God is, you know, just pre you know, prepping you? Uh, and you're, you're feeling that you can continue your way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. What? But the end thereof what? Leads to destruction. The Bible says he that being often rebuked, hardened his heart, what? Shall suddenly be destroyed, destroyed and that one without remedy. Now, these people continued, and to them, as far as they were concerned, it must have been success. You don't want to get away with doing wrong. Praise the Lord. Can you say, I don't want to get away with doing wrong? No, I, you don't want to. In this side, I don't want to get away with it, because if I get away with it here, then I will pay in eternity. You don't want to do that. That's why oftentimes when people are exposed in sin, you know, we say God has judged them. No, anybody that is exposed on this side of eternity is an opportunity for the person to repent so that he can have eternal life. But when you continue and die in your sin, that's the one that is danger. It will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Okay, so they, 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 they did not heed their father's advice or his, the, his warning. 
And the question we may even ask here is, where is their mother? Praise the Lord. Where is their mother? You know, it's interesting in the Bible, some things that we see. How many of us heard about Moses' children? You heard about Moses' children? You know, Samuel's children also didn't turn out so good. But Samuel was perfect, isn't it? He was in, almost in every way perfect. The Bible says even his words didn't fall to the ground. Moses, I mean, was the meekest man. Moses, you could almost say, was perfect. How come we didn't find their children becoming something greater? And then Eli, as we see Eli here, Eli was not corrupt. It was when he got old that his sons began to do that. Now, this is what we learn in marriage. He said, two are what? Better than one. Because they help. So, where you find a weakness in your husband or your wife, what is your responsibility? To fill in that weakness. To fill in that weakness. You see, marriage is a bit like soccer. You see, no, no, no matter how well the players play, if the goalkeeper does not keep the balls, this, that team will most likely lose the match. Because he, I wanted to say she, is the only one authorized to use his hands to catch the ball. Are you with me? Imagine a situation where the goalkeeper doesn't like what the players are playing and decides not to keep. That team is going to suffer because from any point where they keep the ball, you know, it's most likely to be a goal. Now, what is that saying here? Eli, we don't know what happened, but there was a failure in this home. Why? Maybe, maybe because there was a missing link. And my prayer is that you and I will not be the missing link in our families in Jesus' name. Okay? Because we see this and like we mentioned, we saw them in other cases. But, but we move on quickly. So this whole thing continued. In the next verse, 26 says, And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor before both with the Lord and men. Then a man of God came. The story continued. God, God saw what was bad. Do you know that God in his omnipotence, God in his omniscience, God with all his power, could not intervene immediately? Praise the Lord. Do you know that? Do you know that until Samuel was found, the people of Israel were condemned to having Eli and his sons as priests? What am I trying to say? We are disheartened. With the things that are happening in our country. But you know the only way God changes things. Is by replacement. The sons of Eli continued. Even though they were wicked. The Bible says they were sleeping. You see everything you hear in the news now is not new. They say the bishop or the pastor is sleeping with the people. It's not new. They say they are stealing money. It's not new. All those things happen. But do you know God didn't strike them dead. They continued for years, one year, two years. The evil continued until they found Samuel. Until God found Samuel who would do, who would grow, who would serve according to his will. What am I trying to say? You and I are carrying a responsibility to be part of the solution. You and I must be persons that God will look from heaven and say, if I put this man in that place, there will be a change. Is someone listening to me? Because we can mourn and we can complain. We can lament. We can critique. We can criticize all the things that are wrong. But heaven is also looking at it. And his eyes indeed are running to and fro upon the whole earth. What's he doing? He's searching. I need to replace these people. And that is what I've told you here. God said, he said, Lord, we're praying for now. He said, if I remove the bad people, who are the people I'm going to put? Who who do you know that if we make a minister now of defense or whatever, will do the right thing? Who do you know that we put in federal executive council? Will do the right thing? Will stand and speak up and not cower? Do you understand what I'm saying? How will God do it? Listen, you see, let's not forget... That God is omnipresent. Omnipresent, there are different dimensions of omnipresent. But one dimension of omnipresence that you must understand is that he has limitless time. He has what? Limitless time. It means God, if, if the change, if, if, he does, if you don't want it to happen, in, if you're not ready for it to happen in your generation, God can wait for 10 generations. 
it will still be his will. Praise the Lord. He doesn't grow old. He's the ancient of days. Time never runs out on him. He dwells in an, in an eternal now. So, if we as men don't present him an option to say, Lord, Lord, it's so bad in my office. It's so bad in my town. It's so bad in my country. It's so bad in my area. And God looks and he says, if I put you there, if you won't be different, I won't change them. God is not quick to change for change's sake. I read this story. It dawned on me that those boys continued. They continued. They continued. You know, with their corruption, with forcefully taking the sacrifice, the people were complaining. They abhorred everything that was happening there. And God will be looking. Because you know why? Like we learned on Wednesday, God has said, let man have what? Dominion. He has said, let man have dominion. He created the earth. He has given us dominion. He said to Adam, I've created, name them, whatever you call them. That's, he stood back and gave us authority. To run this situation. Now we pray to him for enablement and we pray for him for grace. But God can never interfere with your will. Praise the Lord. No, he won't inter- If he interferes with your will, then you're no longer like him. Some of us have questioned, why did God put that tree in the Garden of Eden? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And why did he not prevent man from accessing it? If he did that, then man will not be free. God does not want slaves. He doesn't want to arrest us and detain us. We are not kidnapped by God. We are children of God. And he wants you to have a burden. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, another thing, another thing that the Lord you know, laid in my heart, I may not be able to give us all the details today, but I just mentioned it quickly. You know, if you've been watching the news, there's been a lot of this noise about DNA. How many of us know? You know, DNA about men checking the DNA of their children to make sure that now then be the papa okay now the lord said to me that which one is more important is it that somebody carries your dna you know um, biologically or that someone carries your burden check out what i'm saying god is saying that i have a lot of people who are calling my name but they're not burdened with my burden our lord jesus we read we read of him says it's only what I want. See the father do. That's what I do. He said the zeal of my father's house has what? Consumed me. That is what makes you a son. It's not likely, like uh, uh, what? It's not pictorial likeness. No, it is the burden. Do we have sons of God in Nigeria? We don't. Do we have people who claim God, who look like God, who say the words, who speak the right things, who attend churches? Most churches are full at this hour. But on Monday, do we have people who stand and say, no, this is contrary to the will of my father? Do we have people who share burdens with the father? Do we have people who weep with what makes the father weep? Do we have people who are excited? I don't know about you, but I'm torn between two. Should I turn off news completely? Because you hear about this kidnap, you hear about this, you know, uh, whatever thing, and it breaks your heart. It has not touched me. That's the truth. In fact, this morning I was taking my bath, and I said, Father, I thank you for hot water and with good pressure. How many of us have good pressure, water with good pressure in their home? I said, Father, I thank you. But, you know, it don't know me that 90% of Nigerians don't have that luxury. We're a blessed country, people of God. We're blessed, tremendously blessed country. We have no business being at the, the other day. We went out, my wife and I and my daughter, and we saw children. You could see these children, they most likely haven't eaten in three days in Abuja here. Now, those children, those children, IEDs, uh, what was improvised explosive devices, you know what? With that level of hunger, if they have an opportunity to do evil, you know, they won't think twice, they can't think twice. Did you see the school where they kidnapped the boys from? How many of us saw the school? Raise your hand now if you saw. Let me know I'm talking to Nigeria. Did you see the state of the school? That is kidnap on its own. To put children there. That is chicken. You know, I mean, do you understand? And these are schools. The, 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 the governor said there are 66 schools. There is budget for them every year. So we're in a place where there is terrible wickedness. But now, heaven, the point I'm trying to make to us this morning, people of God, is that heaven cannot change it unless it finds some people better. 
as long as we are waiting for our turn, then the evil will continue. The sons of Eli corrupt, yes. Sleeping with the women at the temple, yes. Did God know, yes. Did the people know, yes. Just like we know. But until we feel for heaven, I'm not talking about political office. That's okay, that's all right. But until from your home, until from your office, until from your colleagues, they can say this man, mm -mm, he won't touch anything that is not his. Until God finds that, I'm telling you, it's a principle I found in the Bible. It was like an answer God gave me. He says, Saul was so bad. Saul was so terrible. And God was enduring. Do you know the only time God moved was when he called Samuel and said to Samuel, do not continue to mourn for Saul. He says, I have found what? For myself, the son of Jesse. It meant all the while Saul became bad. God will not remove him and leave vacancy. Saul continued to reign in his evil, in his terror, in his disobedience. He continued to reign. He was king. But what was God doing? Heaven was looking. When the moment they found David, he said to Samuel, what now? Fill up your horn. Go to the house of Jesse. For I found one of his sons, what? A man that will do my will. Until heaven finds you, we will be where we are. I'm telling you. You see, until you become that voice that will speak the words of God. Until you become that vessel that will represent God. And listen, it's not when you come to limelight. That's what the world does. Our own shining starts from where we are. Praise the Lord. Johnson, your marriage should be light. Praise the Lord. Onye, your marriage should be what? It should be light. It should be clear that children of God are in this union. In your area of where you live, it should be clear that children of God, in your school as a student, it should be clear that children of God. You know why? Heaven will not, he said, can two walk together, what? Unless they be agreed. That agreement is not agreement of people. It's agreement of heart. What am I trying to say, people of God? We live in terrible times. And if care is not taken, it will get worse. God is looking for men. You know the hope we had when we had this government coming in? How many of us had a lot of hope? I had a lot of hope. You know why? Because I said when they hold Federal Executive Council meeting, a pastor will be there. I just imagined myself attending Federal Executive Council meeting. There are some issues that they'll bring up. I will tear my suit. Do you understand? There'll be war because we will fight there. You know, no, no, listen. You, you must understand. As a child of God, you know what Jesus taught us? As a child of God, he said, he that tries to save his life will do what? Will lose it. It's a principle. If you don't get anything from today's service, don't miss that. He that tries to save his job will what? He that tries to save his money will what? Anything you try to save, you will lose but if you give it up for my name, not for ambition, I will not fight for my own. No, God forbid. But for what God is interested. You know, I, I, we mentioned the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, what? Ha, let me hear you, what? Do you know what it means? Is the Lord being hallowed in Nigeria? Is he being hallowed in the government? Is he being hallowed by the persons that are in government? That's what we are talking. He said, let, the, let his name be glorified. It doesn't matter what happens to me. Every time, you know, I look around my life, I, I'm just saying, God, what is the point of me being alive for the next day if your name is not glorified in me? I hope people will have come to understand the mortality of man and, and, and that time means nothing. This is 2021. Do you understand? Do you know how many people have died this year? Now, the truth is this, whether we like it or not, somebody was talking about, I think Pastor Sam, you were talking about 150 years the other day. If you live for 100 years at least, do you know what will be happening? Your children, your grandchildren, part of their prayer points will be, God, let him die. Why don't you want to die? 90 something, you don't want to die. Huh? Is it, what, what are you remaining for? Will you go to the farm? Will you sign checkbook? Will you contribute when we're holding meeting? What's the point? So this life we're in is to contribute our quota, is to become vessels through which God's agenda can come to pass. The Bible says of David, he said, David served his generation according to the will of God and he slept. That is what I want. That when they read 2021 in the annals of eternity, they'll say you and I did what? Contributed our quota. What else does a man need? 
What else does a man need? What else does a woman need? And the truth is this. If you are over 40, how many over 40 here? I wanted to say don't raise your hand. If you're over 40, you see the futility of life. The things that you used to want more, you now want less. Chivita, I used to like a lot of Chivita. So I will finish one bottle in a day. Now, if I see Chivita, my heart will first skip. Because when I see it, I know it's not good for me. When I see food that is nice, sometimes I long for food that is not sweet so I can eat less. What are you looking for in life again? You buy a car. My car can do 240 or 50, 60 kilometers per hour. Where am I driving it to? For the past six months, I've done only about 500 or 400 kilometers. Where am I going? Your time is gone. Your time is gone. What is left is... Did God find you to pass through you? Because the men there are corrupt. They are evil. They are all of that. But are you a Samuel? The Bible says, but Samuel. But Samuel grew in stature, in wisdom. He became an option. The moment God found Samuel, he was able to judge Eli and his children. Can God say to the people who are spoiling this nation, I blow you away. Why? Because I found you. Let's bow our heads. I want you to talk to the Lord. In essence, what I'm saying is this. If you have been burdened with the issues of this nation, then I think you have the spirit of the Father in you. Because he said to me, tell them that DNA is not as much a proof of my fatherhood as the burden that you carry. The children of Israel, they said to, they said to Jesus, we are sons of Abraham, we are sons of God. He laughed and looked at them. no. He said, if you were the sons of God or the sons of Abraham, you would love me. You would do what I want to be done. You will carry my burden. He said, you're of your father, the devil. Because the works of your father, you do. By what you do, by what burden is it? How can we be in a nation like this? And all we just want is to blow. People who are blown are being killed, are being kidnapped. Lord, I bring my life to you. Use me, Lord. Use me. Use me. Use me. Use me. Use me. The passage we read verse 35 says, Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. There is something in the heart of God, sir. There is a message. You see, church, church and church and church and church. There is church and there is church. There is a message God wants the church in Nigeria to hear. Not my own will be greater. Not my breakthrough. Mm -mm. Not my own bigger than your own. Not my own past your own. No, no, no. That's what kept us in the trouble we are in. People are prospering but people are in bondage. We are like the fatted calf. Christians are buying jets but Christians don't have a voice. We don't have a vote. Sheikh Gumi is going there shaking hands with bandits. Creating a cloud for himself. Which man of God can tell people who are even doing it? As much as I don't agree with what the man is doing. How many Christian leaders have influence even over, over the wicked people? Do you know if you're from the southwest, we're here, I want to provoke you. Do you know that the young people in the southwest are contributing money to an occultist to deliver them? And that's why we have most churches. Do you know Sunday? What's his name? Is this Sunday? Sunday, oh, and his name is even Sunday. What's he? He's a native doctor. And the people are looking to him for deliverance. Whereas they look to a godly a man of God for prosperity. Can you see the trouble we've entered? They go to their meetings with pictures of husband and wife to claim. But when it's time for deliverance, they go to a native doctor and contribute money. What will God do? He's looking for men. He's looking for men. We have the biggest church gatherings, but no influence. We have people boasting. I bought my third jet. I bought my this. I bought my that. But you can't, you can't, you, you can't say something and it will be as it is. Totally valueless in the scheme of things. We, 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 made, we made the church a mockery and God knows he says as I live the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will do will cover the earth he's not dead and he's not dying we may die he will gain glory for himself I want you to become jealous that you yourself will be an instrument he will use I read it I said do they know 
the other, the other time it was, I think, I don't know which state it was. They were arranging to arrange, arrange for native doctors to go and fight for them. I said in a, in a country like Nigeria, where we put a claim to having a revival. What revival are we having? Revival of success strategies. 6 a.m. prayer. And the only thing that is being prayed in that prayer is that God will bless me. God will bless my family. God will bless. God has a body. Do you know that the first part of our Lord's prayer is actually the one that sons of God should pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If his will is done, your daily bread will be supplied. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you stay there, most times that's where I stop. I don't get to the other details. Because it says your heavenly father what? Knows those things that you need. Did you ever see Jesus pray, Lord, supply my, my daily bread? He never prayed that once. What did he keep? What did we see him tell? He said, I want to see what the father, thy will, what you're doing, let me do it. There's something heaven is doing. There's a, there's, a, there's a way of deliverance for Nigeria. That's what I'm saying. And God says, I will use men. He says, I'm searching. My eyes are searching. Young lady, my eyes are searching. You must not go with the other young ladies. Don't sleep around. Don't fool around. Make yourself a witness. Make yourself a wonder. In that little place where you're working. Heaven is saying, I, I, I want to intervene. I want to intervene. The same thing. Saul was there until they found David. Heaven didn't do anything. And the people were asking, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Didn't the Bible say that your light should shine before men? That they may see your good works and do what? And see God. They see your good works and then they see God. They see your life and then they see God. They see your works and they see God. They see your marriage, they see God. They see your business, they see God. They see your purity, your consecration. They see your contentment. They see your separation. They see how different you are. And then they say, truly God is alive. Why should be people saying, where is God when you are there? Nobody asks for a father when a full grown son appears. He represents the father. I want you to receive grace. I want you to receive grace. There is authority when the people of God are in their places of standing. That you and I will be instruments. Niger is not far from us. Look at what is happening. Playing tricks on us. Playing, you know, playing with our senses. Playing with everything. And then we're just getting angry. Anger will not solve it. Vessels. He's looking for vessels. He says, I will find myself a faithful high priest. Who will do all that is in my heart? Lord, I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. I want to know your mind. Give me, oh Lord, your burden. That's one thing you can pray for yourself today. Lord, give me your burdens in this 2021. Fill my heart with the burdens that you have. Don't, be, don't go too far. For Nigeria, yes, maybe I may be there. But you can even say the burdens that you have for my immediate family. The burdens that you have for my business. The burdens that you have for my neighborhood. Lord, give me those burdens. Let me become a partner with you in the things you're doing. And then begin to thank him. Because you can be sure he will answer. You can be sure the anointing will come. You can be sure favor will come. You can be sure positioning will come. Oh, you can be sure protection will come. Didn't he say you shall step on serpents and scorpions and they shall by no means harm you? Didn't he say that? Didn't he say that you shall drink poisonous things and they will not harm you? Didn't he say that? Didn't he say that they will arise against you but they will fall for your sake? Didn't he say that? Listen to me. The God we serve is mighty. He's mighty to save. And do you know the sweetest part of all of this? When we get it right, we secure for ourselves a place in his kingdom. We secure for our place a place where there is no sorrow, no tears. I repeat it, you know, for someone who may never have heard it. God said to me a few years ago, at the height of Boko Haram coming into different places and fear all over. He said, no matter how bad Nigeria gets, it will never get as bad as hell. And the best part of this world, no matter how good Singapore is the best place to live or Canada. Now, I think it's Canada. They've shifted it to Canada. The best place to live now, higher standard of living. No matter how nice 
how good it is to live in Canada. It can never be as good as heaven. What am I trying to say as I round up? There may be one or two persons here who are here and you're not sure that today, if Jesus calls you or if your time comes to an end, you have a place in heaven. It's very easy. For by grace are we saved through faith. Jesus is here to save somebody. You can begin this journey and trust him to take you by the hand and lead you. You will find it interesting, I'm telling you. You'll find it beautiful. The Apostle Paul says, I count all things as done for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. This morning I want to pray for somebody. Who wants to start? Who wants to rededicate his life? Anywhere you are, you can raise that hand. So I can agree with you in prayer. And we'll record this day for you. Heaven will record it. Sins will be forgiven. Grace will come. The covenant with hell will be broken. The angels will enlist you in the Lord's army. I want to pray with you. Raise that hand please so I can see you. Anywhere you are. Anywhere you are please. Just raise that hand. So I can see. God bless you. God bless you my brother. Yes. Anywhere you are. As you raise that hand. Begin to tell him Jesus. I come to you today. I present my life to you. I want to be your own. Anywhere you are. Jesus forgive me. Forgive me. I surrender my life to you. You are savior. Raise that hand so I can pray. Come, come my brother. Come, 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 come. And even if you didn't raise your hand, you can come so I pray with you quickly. Father, we are thanking you. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Come, come. Yes, you can still come even if you didn't raise your hand. You want to surrender your life to Jesus. Today is a day of salvation. Lord, I come to you. And for the rest of us, you've already done that. There's a song that is, you know, bubbling in my head. He said, even the weaknesses that I meet will be stripped away. God, Listen, God can use anybody. If he saved you, he thought he could use you. If he, if he saved you, these ones that are here, God will use you, sir. Are you listening to me? God will use you. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter where. Is there still any other person? Because the devil tells you you're no use. No. There's nobody that is no use. The blood of Jesus saves to the uttermost. Anybody here who still wants to join these precious ones? Okay, so after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today acknowledging that you are the Son of God. You came into this world to die for sinners. I am one of them. Wash me from my sins with your blood. You rose on the third day for my justification. Give me the power now to live from this day as a child of God. Write my name in your book of life. Help me, O Lord, to be victorious on this side until I see you. I renounce Satan. I renounce every covenant I may have entered into. Knowingly or knowingly, I surrender my life. I belong to Jesus. I am born again. I'm a child of God. Lord, we give you thanks. Blessed be your name for these precious ones. As they have said, it is so. Lead them, O Lord. Strengthen them. As Samuel grew before you, let these ones grow. Let them become mighty. Let them become powerful. Let them become influential in the name of Jesus. Above all in your kingdom, let us remember this day. Blessed be your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Let's go this way. The rest of us can we rise as we take that song.
been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.